The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Street and now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Thursday edition of Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys, as we welcome you into the SWBC studios at the Star in Frisco. We have Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeomans. No John Machota today, because the Cowboys are on the practice field, and John works for the Athletic, and he's got other duties to attend to. But he'll be back uh, at some point, probably tomorrow. I would assume. Uh, yeah. I would assume we'll tomorrow we'll he'll see. be back. But uh, we've got a wild schedule this week. It is all over the place. Everybody trying to find their rhythm in the building. Somebody trying to find their rhythm on the practice field. I mean, it's really kind of all over the place here in week one. But that's that's what it's supposed to be like, Nick. Yep. You're supposed to be finding that rhythm right now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying to find my rhythm. I, I had uh, <laughs> woke up a little late this morning and uh, missed the press conference. That's That's my rhythm today. <laughs> you know what? We got to give you the flowers, though, where the flowers are due, because our man Nick Harris signed up for the gym yesterday. Yeah, Cowboys fit. Let's go. Member right here. Boom, boom. Yeah. They give you a talking Cowboys discount. You ask them about it. They did. Yeah, completely free. Sweet. No, I'm playing. Yeah, definitely not. That's the Isaiah Standback discount. Yeah, right. It is. I get charged double. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because you're like two people in there, you know. That's what it is. We can't charge him the same. He takes up twice the amount of weight. You know what? I was in Austin this past weekend for a soccer tournament for my daughter, and there was a Cowboys fit right by the Mm -hmm. hotel, and I was like, oh, that'd be dope. I could just go in there. It was in like yeah. Huddo, right? Like North Austin. Yeah. It like right off the tour. I saw that yeah. too when I was yeah. in Austin this past week. That yeah. is hilarious. Because wow, I was like, I didn't up? know they had had this down here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah we had lunch with that. Yeah, you didn't actually. meet up like, they over don't the open weekend. up early enough though. Uh down down in Austin? No, I don't know what time they open here. Here they're open real early. I think on. it was like five to ten here. I think oh, that's, that's good. Yeah, it wasn't that in Austin. Yeah. I don't think they open to like seven. Sounds Ooh, about right. Yeah, Interesting. That's, that's late. We got to get our Austinites on it. Get them up. ATX, yeah. baby. It's all them Gen Zers in Austin. That's what it is. Everybody's <laughs> sleeping in a little bit. Probably. All right. We've got plenty to talk Ooh. about because the Cowboys, of course, are on the practice field as we speak. We'll even pop out in the middle of the break and see if we can see anything during the media segment. But, uh, Nick, any news and notes to kind of really hit going into uh, this Thursday? Because. Uh, we heard from Mike McCarthy yesterday, heard an update on a couple of players, but nothing really groundbreaking at this point, right? Yeah, so this morning Mike McCarthy said uh, about the same with all of the guys that are battling injury. With Tyler Smith, uh, he said that if he practices on Saturday, then he's going to have a chance to go on Sunday. So I, I, it looks like the, the goal is to get him out there on Sunday night, even with a 50% chance of rain. You know, there was maybe some um, hesitance from the media a little bit about, you know, putting that hamstring on the field with, mm-hmm. with that 50% chance of rain. But he said if he practices Saturday he's gonna give him a chance to go on Sunday uh today he'll be working with the rehab group again uh Donovan Wilson who's still battling his little calf uh issue he actually won't be in the building today sounds like he's having a newborn the third uh, player to have a baby on the team this year so third player but fourth baby to have a have a uh on this roster this year hopefully that's all good luck yeah yeah yeah, hopefully it is hopefully he comes with a calf with him you know just a a hand to him he's like here dad here's a new calf um and then Sam Williams who's 
who's dealing with a turf toe. He'll be off to the side working with the rehab group again today as well. I liked the mobility I saw from Sam Williams yesterday when he was working, yep. though. He looked like he was moving well. He was testing out the toe. He was kind of working around a little bit. Turf toe is an interesting thing, though. Like, it lingers a little bit if you don't completely take care of it. And with it this early in the season, you got to be careful. So, Have either of you ever had turf toe? Nope. I've never had a diagnosed turf toe. Okay. I've heard had something that I thought was turf toe, but I don't know if that's even it. Because it wasn't as painful as some other people are saying. But have you? No, no, no. I was oh. just curious. I what, thought you were leading into like. something. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just curious what that's like. <laughs> yeah. I, I probably don't want to know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Definitely exactly. don't want to know. Let me knock on wood, actually. Yeah. I, I do want to go back to Tyler Smith, though. And, and the first injury report was out yesterday. Jordan Lewis was a full participant, which was awesome to see. Yeah. See him back out there and really kind of rotating in, which is something that we anticipated based off of his media availability last week. But Tyler Smith in the rain. On the hamstring. You kind of like perked up whenever Nick said that. Is How big of an impact does the weather have on something like that? Or well, at least a decision surrounding a hamstring like that? Yeah, I mean, hamstrings suck all together. Um, for skill set positions specifically, right? That's typically where you hear those soft tissue injuries. But it's, pre- it's pretty rare that you hear about those soft tissue injuries in offense alignment. Being that that's office alignment that has that issue, when you have to bear that weight, right? When you're when you're trying to set your anchor, as we like to say, right? Anchor down, and you're trying to push and say he had to put his uh, put his left foot in the ground, okay? And he had really hunkered down, and all of a sudden he's trying to bear 300 plus pounds plus momentum coming at him. Your hamstring has to lock up, right? It now has to seize up and it has to really kind of hunker down. And when you have that's tough enough when you already have a strained hamstring, right? That's already a big question mark, and can you even accomplish that? But now you add the element of possible lack of traction, and one of the things that can add to or actually cause a pulled hamstring is if you have a lack of traction. When you mm-hmm. go and you you think that you're grabbing a surface and all of a sudden it gives out and your hammy kind of has to kind of double down, that can be very aggravating for does somebody it, who already has something going on. Does it help any more being on turf? It really doesn't even matter. It really doesn't I mean, matter. I mean, if you yeah. lose your footing in general, whether yeah. it's grass and you you know you kind of slide in the mud, or or whether you're on turf and you know your cleats just don't grab deep enough into the into the rubber infill, either way, it's not good. Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, and is that his is it his right leg or left leg? I you know? I, I believe it's his left hamstring. Yeah, it's it's hard to tell because they haven't designated it, and yeah. it, we didn't see the injury, so yeah. it's they, kind they, of I mean, that is it, purely it, speculation yeah. off the way yeah. he was hobbling the for other sure. Day. So yeah. like I, that's a yeah. So we don't we don't guess. know, right? But yeah. if it is the left side, that's more important than the right leg for him, being that he's on the left side. Mm-hmm. How uh, we talked about this preview yesterday, but I mean, the more that I look at. The the defensive front for the Giants. The more you yeah. feel like Tyler Smith is imperative, and that is our actually our our preview today. Is yeah. we're previewing the Cowboys offense versus the Giants defense, and the fact that you you might not have your strongest outside of Tyron Smith, your strongest guy up front, that worries me significantly. It should. On a scale of one to push the panic button, where are you right now? Pretty close to panic. Pretty close to the panic button. <laughs> Pretty close to the panic button. Are you like hovering over the panic if I button? I sneeze. I'm it's going off. Pan- I'm going. Yeah, it's going off. Wow, you're really close. What I about a, you? I had a dream about Chaz Green last night. Did you really? Yeah, it's not that bad. It's not that bad. <laughs> but it's it's just purely a dream. But uh, but no, if if Dexter Lawrence is going up against uh, a backup left guard on Sunday night, mm, they better hope that that quick game's ready to go. 
And I, hey, this offense mm-hmm. is built for that, so maybe it works out. Yep. But I don't know. How are you going to establish the running game to the left side? Probably not at all. But I don't know. It's tough because you also have to factor in the fact that Tyron Smith is, you know, uh, I, I guess he's going into a season that we're, we're kind of expecting him to uh, – prove something early on uh, and, and hope that he can sustain that throughout the year this is kind of a prove it year for him in, in a sense just because you know he's coming off of a couple of major injuries uh, he, he has to show that he can stay on the field all season one and then two also show that that ability is back so if he's having to work with a guy that he hasn't worked with at all yep. during camp at left guard that's oof, that's gonna be tough to run to that left side and I know a lot of people out there whenever we start giving flowers to the opposing teams mm-hmm. they, they like to get a little angry because it's like oh here you go you guys are talking about how good the other team is listen up this these guys these guys are professionals mm-hmm. and and there's levels to professionals these two interior defense alignment are some of the best in the business yeah that's just pure facts okay i don't care how you feel about it i don't care how much you're your fan these two guys are a problem with your starters a full a full problem with your starters right a challenge every single down sometimes they'll win sometimes you win right that's that's kind of the battle that's how good these guys are well now we're talking about potential backup the advantage goes to the other side of the of the ball yeah does it make you feel any better the fact that it took blitzing to to really get penetration for new york last year because they hold they hold serve a lot especially against the run they hold serve they will hold the line of scrimmage they're not going to push it but they had the worst penetration against the run last year one uh, they had uh 132 contact behind the line of scrimmage last year so that's ranked dead last in the nfl Mm -hmm. so they only uh, out of the 132 runs they had in the backfield it was hit behind the line of scrimmage so does that make you feel any better about the situation without tyler smith because i mean he's one of your best run blockers or does it does it not matter? And these guys are going to get after a backup. Run me through the stat position. again. Run me through the so, stat one more time. Yeah, I, I probably butchered you're that. Good, you're good. The Giants made contact with ball carriers behind the line of scrimmage on 132 runs last season. That's 32nd in the NFL. The lowest hit behind the line of scrimmage rate in 2022 in the entire league 28 percent okay yeah i mean it def- it certainly helps just you're not going up against the best rush defense i guess in that in that yeah. instance but um I, I you just you want to have your best guy up there <laughs> and i feel like at times tyler smith showed last year that he was definitely the best guy on the left side and then when zach martin was on the right side you know obviously that's a different battle but mm-hmm. does this put more pressure on tyron smith or tyler biotish hmm Biotis. I think Biotis yeah, as well. I think well. so too. Just because it, Tyron Smith is going to have to really focus in on that one-on-one battle with Kayvon Thibodeau. You know, that's a really athletic guy, and he's going to have to prove that athleticism right off the bat, like I said earlier. So he's got to focus on that battle. Biotis is going to have hell half fury <laughs> on, <laughs> on the in, in the interior there. I mean, dealing with both Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams. So um, I'm interested to see how they do it, man. I, I am. Just for those people that Isaiah is talking about that don't like it whenever we talk about the other team, where is the weakness in this Giants defense? Because there are weaknesses in the Giants defense based off of y'all's film study that you've you've really accumulated throughout the week. Where do you want to attack them? Where are they at their lowest? Uh, I'm not necessarily convinced with their second level. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, but you have to get to their second level. So yeah. uh, their linebackers, I'm not too convinced about them, even though they – they do have Isaiah Simmons over there. Um, he's he's a, he's a dude. Um, but other than that, if you can get past that first wave, that defensive line, and get up on their linebackers, I think you have a good chance of establishing a heck of a running game. I think Dallas did a good job last year 
of utilizing the screens, utilizing the outside run to get those guys, the big fellas in the middle moving so that they couldn't just come downhill and pin their ears back and really come at Tyler Smith, come at Zach Martin, come at Tyler Biotis. Um, so I think that's probably in the game plan this week to get those guys moving sideways and get them moving laterally. And you might be able to find some seams in there to be able to work up to the next level. I think with or without Tyler Smith, um, if Dak can get a clean pocket, there's going to be opportunities for yep. big plays. I don't feel confident about this New York secondary. Um, you know, there's a couple of guys that are young that are you know starting to kind of pop up, and then you got a Dory Jackson in there as well. Deontay Banks, uh, uh, almost said freshman, a rookie out of uh, Maryland. We'll see where he lines up on Sunday night, but just the opportunity to go against a rookie in his NFL debut, uh, I, I think that bodes well regardless, um, even if he is a first-round talent. And then their safety group, I don't feel great about it back there. Uh, you got Xavier McKinney, who you know kind of had a rocky year last year. Um, and then, but Isaiah Simmons, I think he's going to be an inter- inter- interesting wrinkle into their second level. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked what he did at times in Arizona, and I also think that there, that there were times in Arizona where he wasn't necessarily set up for success, uh, and he still he still did pretty well. So um, yeah. you know, can that athleticism show with the Giants? Can they put him in packages to where he's he can succeed? How successful will he be against the run? I think that's going to be something that's really important as well. So. Uh, but I feel good about big play opportunities on on the back level of that secondary for do, sure. Do you think Simmons even starts at the second level, or do they kind of go with the the nickel and they have the, just just the two linebackers and he's kind of rotated in? Yeah, um, I think they're going to use him as a rush. Yes, yeah, kind of <laughs> use him off the yes. edge a little bit. <laughs> yeah, rotate him. Yeah, keep the legs fresh. If that's the case, then I feel even better. I, I would rather. I would rather face the second level in the secondary of the Giants than For sure. the the top or the the front line, the the defensive line. Because, I mean, I'm looking at it from just a pure matchup standpoint. Brandon Cooks versus Hawkins, Banks, or Jackson. Brandon Cooks. Ceedee Lamb versus Hawkins, Banks, or Jackson. Ceedee Lamb all day. Michael Gallup might be the one guy that gets challenged, and then you bring in Jalen Tolbert, and he might get challenged as well. But that's your third and fourth wide receivers. I think this could be a big day for both Lamb and Cooks if they're able to get on top of the defense, and most importantly, if they can protect for Dak Prescott. I think it could be a a big day in the receiving game, too, for the running backs, whether that be Pollard, Daldor, or Deuce. and how much do we think Deuce will, will, will get involved? Did we talk about that a little bit yesterday? We talked about it just sparingly, yeah. mostly because of the question of who are you excited to see. Yeah. What would your over-under, where would you set I, it? See, that I don't know. I, I would put it at, at probably like four and a half touches. Okay. I was going to say five. <laughs> like, so I don't know. Where, would you <laughs> do, where's the half come in? It's just because I, I hate Puts it in and pulls it back. <laughs> you got to have it, you gotta have it one way over or under, the other. I can't have it tie. I can't do a tie. It either has to win or lose. I'm a win or lose guy, Isaiah. <laughs> yeah. It's play action. That's what it was. It was a read option. I had to get it done. Yeah. Four, four and a half is the over under. Do you think he goes over or under touches? Yeah, I think he's under. Under? Yeah. Yeah, under that. You have a responsibility to get your your number one guy going, and sure. I think Dowdle will get involved as well yeah, quite a bit. So, as well. what about ten touch or nine and a half touches for Nick's case for Rico Dowdle? Nine and a half. Um, I would say under. Yeah. I would say under for sure. So the only the only reason I had a little bit of pause there is how many touches do they want to give Tony Pollard mm-hmm. right out of the gate in his first game back from the injury? But everything we've heard both from Tony Pollard and Mike McCarthy and everybody involved with the offensive staff, they have zero worries. Like he's ready to go. So okay. he's going to be a twenty touch guy. Would you say under for Dowdle at nine under. and a half? Yeah, under. Okay, so nineteen and a half for Tony Pollard touches total receiving and carries. Mm-hmm. You go over. I think I'm going over, over. there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Remember, there's only one game in his entire career where he's had more than 20 touches. This he's about carries, to have, he's carries. About to have 15. This offense is <laughs> he might have 15, and then he could get five receptions, and that would that would count toward the this, 20. This no, offense is games. completely different than what yeah. Dallas fans are used to. It's yeah. just a completely different offense. Is he ready and built for that? We're going to find out. Yeah. What does your confidence level tell you? I think... I have high confidence in it. I don't think that they're going to be running necessarily straight ahead a lot this year. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't think that's their game plan with Tony Pollard. I think their play action is predicated on their ability to get that or the defensive line moving laterally. So if they can get these guys going across instead of going vertical, now you can get outside of them with your leverage off your bootlegs, off your sprint outs, things of that nature. So um, obviously you'll have your downhill runs. It's always going to be the case, but I don't think that's going to be their primary. Yeah, incorporating him in the screen game too is just yeah, he's I get a ton of screens wait. this year. When when that first screen happens, I might get kicked out of the press box. Yeah. Even if, even if it doesn't work out. I'm just like, "Yes." Hey, uh, Mr. Harris, uh <laughs> you're going to have to leave. We're going to need you to leave. Yeah. Man, I foresee him getting a lot of screens this year. I yeah. I would like yeah. that. I think that would be a lot of fun. All right. When we come back here on Talking Cowboys, I want you to rank your top 3 most confident pieces on the offense. Going into week number one, I'm which ready. where would you rank the top three guys that you're confident are going to have a stellar performance on Sunday Night Football against New York? When we come back right after this. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys, and now he's on his phone on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. 
Learn more at marines.com. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, this portion of the show is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super-trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Welcome back in, everybody, here on this Thursday edition. Cowboys out on the practice field. Nick Harris went out there and tried to find a bit of a, a nugget. Were they stretching? All I saw... Mm. I did it again. The infamous kneecap. Mm. Strike two. Uh, all I saw was Cavante Turpin returning a punt. So, ooh, was it lightning fast? Yeah, yeah. Speedy. He's he's all the way in New Mexico by now. So. Nope. He's going for six this week. There you go. Nick Harris has it. We'll uh, we'll see you next week here on Talking Cowboys. No, uh, great. So we got we got some special teams work going on outside. Of course, like we talked about yesterday, if you missed the show yesterday, it was a lot of fun breaking down the Cowboys' defense versus the Giants' offense, and. I mean, this is the portion of the year where the media doesn't get to see practice, really. You get to see the stretching, a little bit of special teams, maybe an individual drill, depending on the day, and then you're kicked out and you can't really talk about anything else. So it's part part of that that, that schedule and the update along the way. But uh, we'll continue to keep you updated, of course, if you have anything uh, to, to know about from practice throughout the year. All right. We talked about it going into the break. I want you to rank top three, one, two, and three, and give me a reason why these three guys are your most confident parts of the offense going into Sunday night football against the Giants. I'll start with you, Isaiah. Tony Pollard. Okay. His ability to be dynamic. Uh, Is he ranking one or three? He's one. Okay. Tony Pollard's number one. I have full confidence in in Tony Pollard. Um, I also have full confidence in CeeDee Lamb. Okay, the CD Lamb and B Cooks, can they be a pair? I will They're pretty much the same level. I will allow it Thank just you, be, just so we can get a third Thank name you, in there too. Um and then uh, my number three is going to be Zach Martin. <laughs> I was about to say no love for Zach Martin. Yeah, Zach Martin. Yeah. So okay, so one Pollard, mm-hmm. two and three I mean two and two two A and two B is Lamb and Cooks, mm-hmm. and then three is Correct. Zach Martin. Uh, you, okay. you had the same guys I had, just a different order. Yeah. Zach Martin, one, one. two, uh, CD. Then I was going to go Brandon Cooks, three, but if we're pairing them together. You could do two A, two B. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'll put Pollard, three, for yeah. sure. Isn't that nice to say that there is a one A and one B in terms of your guys at wide receiver? I mean, when's the last time you could realistically say that? And, and it's this isn't a knock on CD Lamb. He's clearly the number one. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Brandon Cooks could certainly – elevate this offense to the point where you're saying okay he could be a number one in any other offense along the league that that's exciting even towards the end of Amari Cooper's tenure here it was still CeeDee Lamb too because the conversation was so hot going into CeeDee's year as as the guy can he be a wide receiver one I mean I feel like we knew that answer but Mm -hmm. the conversation was still there so it, it feels a little bit elevated this time with Brandon Cooks but we got to see it on the field, though. Mm-hmm. On-field results are the only thing that matters, so I really hope Cooks can, can have a good year as well. But I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. Which wide receiver core did you have more confidence in going into the year? 2020, where you had Amari Cooper, you had rookie C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup completely healthy, or this one where you've got C.D. Lamb, Brandon Cooks, and then you've got a, a mixture of Gallup and Tolbert at that three and four That's a good spot. Good question. I, I would say the 2020 group only because it was a, a little bit more depth there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's it's close. Had Cedric Wilson in the fold too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Cedric. I, that was the year Cedric had a really good year. Yeah, he, yeah. he had like two touchdowns but against we're, Seattle. We're talking about going into the year. Sure. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. But it's close. It's close. It's really close. Where would you put him? It's good radio. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, Coop and CD. Yeah, twenty twenty. Yeah, it's close though. Yeah. Like it's a decision that has to be made. And there were, I mean, there was talk that year that it was going to be three one thousand yard receivers. Yeah, and now you've got the chance to turn things around and not have uh, Coop in the fold, but still have the same level of, yeah, of excitement. Yeah, B Cooks is right there. I mean, if not more, he's had. I don't know what they. I don't know what Amari Cooper's stat line is in terms of thousand yard seasons, but probably about the same. Um, it's probably about the same. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, those guys are interchangeable. I mean, one's just bigger than the other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. With with all of this being said, though, we haven't even mentioned Dak Prescott at all. Yeah. In terms of confidence level, where would your confidence level rank for Dak in this game? This is a quarterback who has had plenty of success against the New York Giants. We've heard that storyline all week, how he's never lost to the New York Giants as a starter and yada, yada, yada. But do you have that same level of confidence going into the year? And what would it take for him to have a successful game? What would it take for him to, for you to look at Dak after the case and say, "All right, that was a good night," other than a win? There's, there's two things that I'm looking for from from Dak. I'd say three. Okay. I would say number one, obviously his decision making, especially in this offense, you're going to have to be very decisive as to, let's say, what side of the field. There's going to be times where he comes in line of scrimmage, he's got to decide which side he wants to throw the ball to. That's how this offense is really built. You're not going to have time a lot of times with these route concepts, depending on down the distance, of course, to be able to look front side, go with one, two, and then flip backside and try to come to a two, a three and a four. You just don't have that time because these routes aren't as deep as they have been with Kellen Moore in the past. Mm-hmm. So he's got to be very decisive based in, in identity, being able to identify the coverage and make the right decision in terms of which concept he wants to go to. The second thing I want to see out of Dak Prescott is I want to see his ball location severely increase and i i'm i nitpick obviously uh, being an analyst and being a former quarterback slash whatever else you want to say the ball location matters and i say even more so in this offense because guys are going to be getting the ball in their hand and being expected to do something with it being that the ball is not going to get pushed down the field as much okay aside from play action getting the ball on a slant route on my front shoulder versus my back shoulder makes all the difference in the world between getting tackled for you know a four or five yard gain or or being able to actually shed a shed a, a tackle and being able to turn some yak into something right, so that's number two and then number three I want to see him get out of his comfort zone and utilize his legs to help move the chains. Yeah, those are the three things that I'm looking for out of Dak Prescott. So decision making, identify uh, being able to uh, properly identify the coverage and make the proper concept decision off of that. Number two, ball location. Number three, utilize his legs to advance his team down the field. I love all those things. I, I talked about it in Nick at Night on Tuesday night. Um, there's going to be a lot of newness when he hits the field. I, I, we've talked about it during the preseason, them not being able to get on the field during the preseason for e- even a drive or two. It's going to be Brandon Cook's first snap. It's going to be Dak's first snap with Mike McCarthy in his ear. Uh, Jake Ferguson and Tony Pollard, the first snaps as the full-time starters. Uh, hopefully, if Tyler Smith does play, it's the uh, it's it's the first time all five are up front together. Well, mm-hmm. we still didn't see that at all last year. So um, a lot of newness around that. And Dak is the focal point of all of it because Dak is, is what make the machine is is what's going to make the machine run um 
I, I guess yeah, I, I love I love Isaiah's stance on um, not taking uh, anything statistically because then I can take the statistics. Yeah, you have stats all day. <laughs> um, but I really loved everything you said. I, I think a healthy game for Dak would be. I, I hate to say one turnover, but I would love zero turnovers. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that would be ideal. Um, but I, I, just an efficient day. A, a efficient day over 65 70% passing, uh, making good decisions, 280-plus um, yards, and a W. I, I think that's all you could ask for. Yeah, I think if you're able to stack those things together, even with one turnover, I think you'll still be okay. Yeah. You get the win, you, you passed efficiently, maybe one gets tipped or something like that, you're fine. That's, that's how I see turnovers happening for Dak this it, year. Tipped. If, if that's the case... I mean, he throws into tight windows. I mean, that's kind of his thing. He passed into a tight window 20% of the time last season, highest of any quarterback since 2021. So, I mean, you you talk about it specifically, like he will throw into tight coverage, but that goes back to ball placement. That goes back to exactly what Isaiah is talking about. It's not always about whether or not the throw was just caught Mm -hmm. it's about where it was caught how it sets your receivers up for success and how they're positioned to either take a hit hold on to the football or go down and and, and those are or get out of bounds and ball ball location is nonverbal communication sure ball location for those that don't know is nonverbal communication how is that from from a quarterback to your wide receiver so i know we're on one shots right now right but if we, if we were able to go to a wide shot, right, Kyle is sitting on my right-hand side, right? So if Kyle, if I'm quarterback, Blank okay, and, yeah, so come from this <laughs> Can't side, mark okay, me. So if Kyle is running a slant route, okay, if Kyle's running a slant he's coming in, if I put the ball at that point on his left shoulder, right, that's a that's pretty much a back shoulder throw, right? Ball. So it's a bad ball because bad things can happen. He's moving that way. I'm putting the ball this way. And if I put it right here, he can catch it. He's probably going to get tackled. Right, the probability of him spinning out of that is slim to none. If I put it right here and it's too hot, right, meaning there's too much too much fire on it, it's gonna bounce off his shoulder pad, pop up, and now there's probably at least three guys from the opposing team that are mm-hmm. in the area that can get that ball. That's how a four C interception is happening this year yeah. for Dak. He's gonna have at least one, right? So he's that's how I foresee those happening. If I put it on his front shoulder. Not only do I put him in a better position to avoid the guy who's probably sitting on his back on his back hip, because now he's outstretched. Okay, he can grab the ball. The guy can't reach it. But also, if that guy tries to go for the tackle or tries to go for this to go for the PBU and misses, now all of a sudden you have opportunity to keep running. Yeah. Right. And a lot of times, if you're coming on a slant route, I could probably get it behind that either in between or behind that second level defender. So now, if I catch you on the run, now you all of a sudden you're on that backside safety and you have one guy to beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you'll be able to know what the perfect ball placement is pre-snap just based on how how much leverage yep. I'd be giving Kyle here. But uh, I, I think an interesting um, an interesting wrinkle that I guess has been talked about during preseason and even before that is uh, Dak and the offense are focusing on these tipped interceptions. They don't want to have as many as they did last year. But with this offense being so predicated on the short game and getting you know a quick gains and those slants, working those together and maybe quick out routes, it feels like it increases the chances even just because you're going to be fitting balls in the yeah. tight windows and it's gonna be coming in hot regardless uh, yep. but uh, how, how do they negate that so last year the the issue that Dak had as far as his interceptions were primarily decision making uh-huh. he was yeah, for he sure was, he was having decision making errors and that's what was causing the interceptions this year the probability is probably not going to be decision making because decisions are going to be relatively easy to make yeah. based upon this style of offense. Pre-snap. Right? Pre-snap, yeah. okay? Pre-snap, post-snap, read, boom, you're looking for 
you're looking for analyze. You'll be able to come up to the line of scrimmage, analyze what's going on, digest that information. So I got my pre-snap read. Once the ball snapped, I'm looking for confirmation and affirmation, right? Now I need to know, okay, that what I saw before the snap is what it is. Okay, now I know exactly what side to go to because this concept is created to beat that defense, yeah. right? So pre, the, the decision-making should be relatively easier in comparison to last year. Kellen Moore was doing some pretty complex stuff in the beginning of the year. He eased way off towards the second half of the yep. season, and that's why he saw some of that stuff cut back. But um, I lost my train of thought there for one second. Oh, yeah, but but the ball placement to that, to that point, yeah. that aspect has to turn up for him now. Yeah, that has to turn up, and that's ball placement. That's being able to have touch on the ball for certain throws. You, everything can't come out hot. You got to have some touch. You got to have some goalpost throws, as I like to call it, which is a little bit of loft, be able to get it up over a goalpost, drop it back down into the bucket. There's a whole lot of little intricate uh, aspects to being able to deliver a nice ball, but that's the emphasis for Dak this year. That has to be it this year, and if he can figure that out, I think he's good. But I think he can cut his interceptions down to eight. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I think everybody be would be season. pretty excited about that. That's less than one every two games, right? Yeah, yeah. so that would be, be pretty nice. There's that math. North Texas, really baby. Quick, All right. <laughs> really quick, one more question. How much more pre-snap was he having to identify last year versus this year? It feels like there was a lot going on post-snap for him last yes. year, and that's why things were getting complicated at times. So if you had to put a percentage on just like, I don't know, the looks that he was having to identify pre-snap last year as opposed to this year, it's probably like a 30% why a gap there no easily yeah like 40 to 70 because probably. last year i mean quarterbacks always have to read coverage yeah but the receivers were having to read coverage and and their routes were being dictated based upon that coverage mm-hmm. so for instance you go up there you line up you have anywhere from two to three routes that you could run and they're all dependent on what the coverage is yeah. so if you and the quarterback aren't seeing the same coverage because they're disguising the crap out of it and all of a sudden you think it's three and he thinks it's, it's two invert or something like that something weird now all of a sudden you guys are running you're running a different route than he's expecting he's putting the ball where you're not at right so there's a lot of confusion there so that took place last year this year i foresee them being hey this is your route you're running a slant you're running a dig on the backside, kyle like that's what it is now Dak, based upon those routes what is the coverage what route beats that coverage go to that side and, and there's times where that ball placement can be nonverbal communication on where to go with the ball, depending on where the receiver is. Because going back to where we were talking about with the slant, you're not mm-hmm. going to throw it on my back shoulder on purpose on a slant. Not unless somebody's right and you're about to take your head off and, and it's he, like third and, and two. You're trying to take an incompletion <laughs> yeah. more than anything. Yeah. But if I'm faced to you, if I'm facing the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. I'm running a dig or a curl and I'm yeah. turning around and I'm at you. Throwing it on my left shoulder means go left. Go left. If you're throwing it on my right Absolutely. shoulder, that means goes, go right. That's stuff you can see on film with Dak Prescott that wasn't always perfect. Yeah. Now, compared to some of the other quarterbacks, some of the other starting quarterbacks in the NFL, he was still better than mm-hmm. most of them. But when you ter- talk about the, the interceptions and things of the sort, a lot of that came off of the wrong ball placement. Correct. Turnovers that he put it on the left shoulder, go left, and oh, there's a guy right there, and then things Got out of sort from there. And you know what's kind of funky? He was really good at doing that in 2020 before very, he got hurt. Very, very good. Like, that was, like, the biggest thing that I saw from him in 2020 before he got hurt. But, yeah. yeah. It's 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 interesting. There's so much that is – there's such a high ceiling with Dak this year. And I think that's why it's a hot-button topic for Cowboys Nation. I really do. I think that's why Cowboys fans are – and really NFC East fans in general – are so hyper-focused on Dak Prescott because the ceiling is very, very much so there. And you can't really deny that. But there is a floor, too. And we saw pieces of that floor last year, but if it continues over the course of an entire season, 
then things can really get out of hand, and that's where the, the confusion comes in. It's a hot-button topic because he's the quarterback of the Cowboys, but also because of who Dak Prescott is, and it's going to be interesting to see how he really responds to that pressure again this season. All right, when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, we'll wrap things up here on this Thursday. We'll take a look ahead to Say It With Your Chest Friday, and uh, we'll uh, continue previewing this offensive line versus the Giants' defensive line. What does this offensive line not have that Mike McCarthy did have in Green Bay as the play caller? I'll tell you right after this. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code COWBOYSVIP. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah's savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Back here on a Thursday in week one. Alongside Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Chris Beam in the back as the Cowboys prepare to face the New York Giants on Sunday night football. How excited is it or exciting is it Nick just to be at this spot to have everything on the table, all of the goals and and aspirations for this team still there, but also just a tad bit of anxiety that it all goes wrong. I mean, that's the part, that's the fun <laughs> part of sports, right? Yeah. Like that's the fun yeah. of it all. It's part of the intrigue for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. fun, man. And I, I really, I really enjoy that the Cowboys get an opportunity in Week One to go up against a divisional opponent on the road, uh, a team they've had success with in the recent past. Um, I, 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 all, all of the negatives that we have talked about this week are quote unquote negatives. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still feel like the Cowboys come out with a victory on Sunday night, just just because of you know everything yeah. that that has played into. Yeah. Y'all don't feel the same tomorrow. Oh. We'll, we'll find no. out tomorrow. No. Yeah. Yeah. We, we save our prediction segment for Fridays. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. say it with your chest. Friday. Mm-hmm. That being said, you know maybe not. No. Okay, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's let's backtrack it a little bit. 
Uh, no, we'll, we'll we'll have our prediction segment on Friday. We also will have our guest caller segment on Friday as well. We usually have a fan call in. They'll be our uh, guest picker for the week, kind of college game day-esque style. Um, but, of course, in podcast form, so we didn't copy anything. But the uh, but then we'll do that tomorrow uh, in the third segment. So, along with talking about all the other storylines and having John back in the fold. And maybe a special guest tomorrow. Mm. Maybe. Is maybe. that right? I don't want to tease it just yet because we got to get a reply back on text messaging. But uh, we might have a special guest, another former player mm. in the building tomorrow. Mm. And it's not Nate Newton because we always have Nate pop in on Nate. at random times as well. He should be around at some point. Uh, all right. I teased it before the break, though. What did Mike McCarthy have? What are you doing? I was stretching, Kyle. Yeah, whatever. He was showing his two-for-one gym membership. <laughs> uh, Mike McCarthy is the play caller in Green Bay, ranked first in average offensive line width. Speaking of that gym rate, that two-for-one, ranked first from 2016 to 2018 when he was the play caller in Green Bay. Where do you think the Cowboys rank here in 2023 in that stat? So we're talking about... Width of the offensive line, okay, all the way through. Got you. Just, Where do you think they rank? Talking about pure mass, pure mass. Oh, they're they're not. I mean, in the whole league, in the whole league, one through thirty-two. Where do you think they are? Put them in the middle somewhere, sixteen, fifteen. Okay, where would your guess be? I, I would say about the same, but like ten to fifteen. Ten to fifteen. Yeah, they're twenty-eighth. Oh, they are twenty-eighth, fourth was, from the bottom in was, terms of. Yeah. Pure mass on the offensive line up front for Mike McCarthy as the play caller. And that brings me to the question to ask you, Isaiah. How does that change things as a play caller? Is it more so an emphasis on getting the ball out quick? Now, we're not going to sit here and say that our offensive line isn't very good, especially the five starters up front. It's more so the depth that we're worried with up front. But where does that change things as a play caller when you don't have something very similar to work with? Back whenever McCarthy was having success in Green Bay, the game has changed. You know, linemen aren't as big as they used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, guys are a lot more in shape, should I say? And even Big Nate Newton would even attest to that. You know, he's had the big nasties up front, mm-hmm. as he likes to refer to it. Guys aren't aren't that anymore. You don't see these three hundred thirty five, three hundred forty pound guys. The Larry like Allen, yeah, of like the to world. go sit and eat. You know, at the at the places to eat waffles and pancakes all day long. These guys are in shape. I mean, Tyron Smith is a He's a he's a house now. He's a big dude, and he's not. He doesn't have much body fat on him, mm-hmm. you know. So the like, the game has changed in that regard, and guys are more skills skillful in terms of athleticism. So I think you still have the same approach. You just don't have all the mass. You know, I was I was going through once you said that you said it was 2016 to 2018 for Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, he was he was first in 2016 with 7.10 is whatever the measure ranking is. Uh, 2017 he was 7.09, and then 2018 he was 7.33. So in 2016, the Packers did not have a 500 yard rusher, much less wow. a thousand yard rusher. And in 2017, they had a guy reach 530 by the name of Jamal Williams, oh. uh, one of my favorite guys in the league. Uh, and then 2018, uh, Aaron Jones hit. 728. So I found that surprising. I figured that, that would yield, they would pave the way. Yeah, I figured that would yield a little bit more. So just uh, because opportunity, so a more athletic offensive line, mm-hmm. maybe that 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 opens up more lanes. Then so. yeah, just because you're big doesn't mean you can block. I mean that's always yeah. the case too, and especially whenever you're talking about the run game, the fact that you you, you there's a lot of pulling and a lot of motion mm-hmm. and a lot of movement. Maybe that's enough to get the screen game going too. If if everybody's healthy up front, 
a massive difference between uh, even 2018, but especially 2016 and now, is the emergence of extremely uber athletic pass rushers and mm-hmm. uber athletic defensive ends. Get a move. So you got to have guys like Tyron Smith that don't have a, a lick of fat on them and that, that can get out there if, if they need to. I think that's a big difference, but it's still it it's still lining up against the rest of the teams in the league right now, and the Cowboys are twenty eighth, so it's that's fascinating. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how they utilize this offensive line, especially if Tyron Smith is is not, or excuse me, Tyler Smith is not ready to go on Sunday night. Has anything changed off of our conversation up front the other day? We talked about it on Tuesday, I believe, whenever the injury happened. But are you still feeling that? Uh, Chuma Doga is the fill-in there for Tyler Smith. Yeah, uh, it, that, that's at least what it sounds like in the building. Um, I, I I feel more comfortable about Chuma at guard than I do at tackle, mm-hmm. but that does not make me comfortable for him being a starting left guard against one of the best interior defensive lines in the in the league. Has anything changed for you in terms of who would fill in for Smith? No, I think it's Udoga. I think he he's the most veteran of everybody that's out there, options wise. <sighs> Yeah, yeah. Awesome Richards has been getting some work <laughs> at left guard this week, and, yeah. and Mike McCarthy said today that both of those guys are, are getting work in anticipation of playing on Sunday quite yeah. a bit. The reason why I say those two, primarily those two, because the size. Yeah, I mean, I like. I think Bass would be a good option there. He's mm-hmm. going to have a lot to learn. Let's let's not kid ourselves. He he would have a lot to learn, and it'd be a lot pretty overwhelming, I would assume. But he doesn't have the mass in, in this division. It's hard. This division, you're going to see this. You're going to see this, what, what, seven times? Six times. Six times? Well, I'm sorry, my math's terrible. Six times, okay? I mean, you're going to have – you can go right down the line. Philly, not any any easier to actually nope. have more guys, okay? Uh, Washington, we know what those guys do on the mm-hmm. interior defense line. All right, and then you got the doggone Giants. I mean, the interior D line for this division sucks to yeah. go up against. And like yeah. I said, you better have your bootstraps on and a belt and a, and a waistband and a, a waist trainer and everything else on to be able to go out there and handle these guys even with your starters. So – I don't care what backup you throw in there. They, you better hold their hand. This division mm. is a bloodbath in the <laughs> trenches, Jesus. especially in the trenches. Like yeah. it's ugh. especially in a league where offensive linemen are at a premium yeah. and they do not grow on trees. That's where things can get really, really dicey. Yeah. And I mean, it's always dicey in the NFC East. But I'm excited to get it underway on Saturday. I'm excited to be back tomorrow with some "Say It With Your Chest" Woo! Friday. Do your film study tonight, everybody. Yep, gentlemen, film study yep. again. Yep, back after it tonight. We got some matchups to predict tomorrow better come with the fire the white hot (laughs) fire as isaiah likes to call it let's go we've got plenty of work to do going into tomorrow we'll be back at 9 a.m central time possibly with a special guest possibly with john machota we'll tell you whenever we get here we'll figure Mm -hmm. it out along the way but that does it for us for chris beam in the back isaiah standback nick harris i'm kyle yeoman saying so long from the star in frisco we'll see you tomorrow with more talking cowboys This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?